Chapter 12 of Links in Rebecca's Life by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 12 Mrs. Frank Edwards at Home. In her new home, the bridal tour over, the trunks unpacked and stored in the roomy attic, the pictures hung, every last little thing done, and now they were ready to settle down and begin life together. It was just after breakfast, an elegant breakfast it had been. Silver and glass and china did their best at glitter and beauty. The napkins were those luxuriously large and delicately fine ones that tell the story of a full purse and no desire to scrimp. The table linen was faultlessly white and in all the freshness of recent folds, and the breakfast, from the rich, hot, amber-colored coffee served in dainty cups that were first half filled with cream, down to the carefully broiled and steaming steak, was such a breakfast as Mrs. Allenson Edwards liked to see served, and she tolerated none but the nicest. The lady in question had herself presided at the coffee urn, keeping meanwhile a careful eye on Frank, that he offended no sense of propriety in his somewhat hurried serving of steak and buckwheat cakes. Several times she had quietly admonished him, "'Frank, you are allowing the spoon to drip,' or, "'Frank, my dear son, if that is for me, remember that I am not an enormous eater. You are giving me a third of the steak.' Once she had a quiet word for her new daughter. "'I wonder at you, Rebecca, for drinking your coffee so hot. It is very bad for the teeth.' Rebecca laughed in her old gleeful way and replied, "'I am like Fred and Maria and me. I like my coffee bilin'. Frank, did you ever read that delightful book?' "'Never heard of it. What an extraordinary title. Is it good?' "'It is capital,' Rebecca had said, ignoring, as Frank did, his mother's question. "'Do you mean the book or the title, my son?' Then she had turned to Rebecca. "'Did you say that was the title? How very singular! One would suppose the editor would have corrected so remarkable a grammatical error as that.' and Rebecca's eyes danced as she answered. "'It is by Mrs. Dr. Prentice, you remember. She is one of our most popular authors. I suspect she wanted the grammatical part of it to appear just as it did.' After that, conversation had seemed to drag. Rebecca made several attempts, not seconded by Frank as heartily as she could have desired, the reason being that some items of business news in the morning paper absorbed a good deal of his attention. And his mother was either annoyed at her want of literary information, or vexed with Mrs. Dr. Prentice for choosing to uphold grammatical errors. She answered as nearly in monosyllables as possible every remark that was made to her, and at last Rebecca breathed a little sigh of relief that the meal was concluded. She could not help a smile at the thought of the horror she might raise by at once setting to work to gather up the dishes and assist in their washing, a duty which had always been hers in the old home. Many things here were different from the old home ways. Some of the differences she enjoyed, and some cast a shade over her pretty face. It was certainly a relief to escape from that handsome dining-room and be alone with Frank upstairs. All was in order there. The deft and skillful second girl had been around with carpet-sweeper, whisk, brush, and duster, until the most exquisite and careful neatness and order prevailed. Rebecca, in her pretty morning wrapper of soft gray with crimson finishings, sat down in the low rocker, put her slippered foot on the fender of the open grate where the coals were glowing, and admired the effect. This was very unlike her former occupations. How she used to rush about her chilly room, warmed only by a pipe from the sitting-room below, and make her own bed, and do with rapid hand her own dusting and arranging. It had never been a very great task to her. She remembered mornings when she had actually enjoyed it, the making of everything look fresh and neat again. At the same time it was nice to sit there and survey the exquisitely tasteful appointments of that elegant suite of rooms, and feel that she was the mistress thereof. Oh, there were a great many things about this new way of living that were decidedly pleasant. It was nice to receive calls from the girls, her old and intimate friends, and smuggle them off to her room for a few minutes, away from the stately propriety of the parlors, and hear their voluble tongues express delight as their eager eyes took in all the appointments. 
It was very pleasant to walk downtown with Frank in a becoming morning toilet and meet old friends who had heretofore shared these attentions with her and realized that they were outside now and she belonged forever. That was more than nice. It was a joy for which she never forgot to express thanksgiving. Until death do us part. She said that over in her room alone many a time, generally with a thrill of thanksgiving that it was for so long, sometimes with a shiver of pain that it was so short, that the inevitable death would surely come in and destroy all this. But as I said, there were things that caused shadows. One of these haunted her this morning, as she sat with her feet on the fender, and watched Frank while he eagerly devoured the morning's telegraphic news, giving her bits now and then which she did not understand, and over which she wondered much as to why they should be interesting to any mortal. At last she broke in upon the reading. "'Frank, when are you going to have done with that dreadful paper? It will rob me of the whole morning, I think.' It dropped to the floor on the instant. "'I beg your pardon, my blessed little wife,' he said gaily. "'I have heard my mother say that wives were always jealous of newspapers, but the telegraphic information is more than usually valuable this morning in a business point of view. I declare, is it possible it is so late? Rebecca, did you know it was nearly nine o'clock?' "'Of course I did, and I hinted a warning two or three times. Now must you go at once?' "'Well, very soon. Is there anything special?' "'Indeed there is. Something very special. I want to have a long talk with you.' "'Begin it now,' he said, sitting down beside her. "'And if we don't finish, it can be taken up at noon.' "'Oh, well, the beginning isn't so very long. I just wanted to ask you one question about which I have thought a great deal. Frank, do you ever have family worship here at home?' "'No,' he said at last. "'We don't. That's a fact.' Of course, in my father's time it was always observed, but since that we have never been in the habit of it. But, Frank, why not? Why should you not conduct family worship in your own home? Well, I hardly know why, he said, musing a little. The fact is my mother has never asked it. I suppose she thought I was too young, and lately, probably, she has never thought of it at all. One soon gets used to a way of life, you know, and it becomes hard to make changes. I should have thought your mother would have missed it bitterly. I can't tell you how very strange it seems to me. I find myself lingering in the dining-room as a matter of course. It doesn't seem as if the day were really begun without family prayers. I never was without that beginning before." "'Poor little bird,' he said softly. Now she isn't going to be homesick and draw wicked little comparisons between the home from which I have stolen her and this where I have caged her." "'No, I am not homesick,' she said, sitting up straight and speaking cheerily. She was not going to allow herself to be petted away from the subject on which she had made up her mind to speak. And, Frank, you know, of course, that I am not drawing any comparisons between this home and my other one. That was very simple and plain, and this is elegant, and I like it better, you know I do. But for all that, there are some things that I miss, some that ought not to be missed in a Christian home, and this is one of them. Now that we are a family, should we not have a family altar?" "'Well,' he said, speaking again with hesitation, and seeming to be somewhat embarrassed, "'that is one of the features of a home of our own, to which I have looked forward pleasantly, I will admit. But this is hardly a home of our own, you know. We have rather come into my mother's family, and we must be guided somewhat by her rules and ways." "'But surely, Frank, mother would like to have you read in the Bible and pray with her every morning. What could be pleasanter to a mother than to have her son able to do this? What I wonder at is that you have so long let her miss this part of home life.' "'I fancy her ideas of home may be a trifle different from yours and mine. Oh, of course she would have enjoyed it, but then we didn't do it, you see, and changes of this kind are especially hard to make. The ways of the house are established, and it would be extremely inconvenient for Mother to change. In fact, it would not be a little difficult for us. It is nearly nine now, as you see, and I am later this morning than I must often be. And then at night it would be a matter of endless inconvenience to us. I am often late, you know, and neither you nor my mother ought to be kept waiting for me." 
I hoped the young husband would not have felt too much grieved had he known just what this manner of reasoning brought to Rebecca's mind. The truth was she had been reading and studying on her Sabbath lesson during the hour that she had spent alone the day before, and despite all her efforts to put it away, there would flash back to her the specious reasoning of that graceless scamp known as Jeroboam. Did not he say, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem? And as she thought of Mrs. Allenson Edwards in her elegant home, and thought of the evident pride that she took in keeping up its appointments, and the time that she lavished on her household plans and improvements, it almost seemed impossible that the word would come to her, Behold thy gods. If all these and a hundred other kindred plans and ways did not fill that lady's heart, what did? This train of thought had its startling side. What were the gods that she and Frank were to set up in this new home of theirs? If they were not to go up to their own altar to worship, was there to be a golden calf erected, around which they were to dance? She shook off the remembrance of Jeroboam and his folly, and returned to the charge with renewed vigor, be it confessed, because of this moment spent with the sinner of so long ago. "'Frank, do you really think it is right to have a home and not recognize the Lord in it?' "'That is putting it in rather strong language,' her husband said. "'I am not ready to admit that we are a heathen household.' Still, it would be pleasant in many respects to have worship together, if we could manage it. Would you like to have a quiet time together here in our room? Just you and me alone? He nodded assent, whereupon she resolutely shook her head. I do not mean that I wouldn't like that of all things, and yet it wouldn't be my idea of family worship. Besides, I don't think it would be courteous to mother. It would necessitate endless embarrassing interruptions and inconveniences, or else we should have to explain to mother, and it would simply be leaving her out of the family. Frank, why wouldn't it be very pleasant for you and mother and me to meet together morning and evening as other Christian households do? This direct question seemed to need a direct answer, but Mr. Frank Edwards fidgeted and changed his position two or three times before he said, To tell the truth, Rebecca, I don't feel as though I could conduct family prayers with mother present. Besides, I am not at all sure that it would be pleasant to her. It would bring up old memories and associations and sadden her heart much more than it would help her. There was certainly no connection between the ideas, and yet Rebecca could not help thinking of Jeroboam again, and the plea that he made to his heart for his wretched conduct. Did not he fear that the heart of his people would go out after the old associations? Meantime, Frank went on musingly. My mother has had a good deal of sadness in her life. I should be sorry to recall the past too vividly. This sounded pathetic, and Rebecca surely ought not to have laughed, but she did. Frank, said she, you remind me of Jeroboam. Not acquainted with the individual, he said, speaking somewhat coldly. He would rather be struck than laughed at, especially when he was not conscious of having made a foolish remark. There is no special similarity, Rebecca said, and yet the reasoning is a trifle like his. What about him? Why, it's the lesson, she said, and she spoke more soberly. Frank was not a Sunday school man. He knew nothing about the lesson. And the two Sabbath mornings that she had spent in her new home, she had seemed to very much surprise the inmates by going to Sunday school. As a matter of course, Frank had accompanied her to the church door, and called for her when the service was over, but he had made good-natured comments on being unused to hurrying on Sunday morning, calling it his lazy morning. And the mother at the breakfast-table had hinted that sundry things were sadly awry because of the need for haste, that Rebecca might have her breakfast before going out. She had said that she considered nine o'clock an absurd hour for the service, and added that she thought matrons were excused from duty. Rebecca foresaw that the road to Sabbath school would lead through difficulties, so she was sober. He was rather fearful lest his people should overexert themselves by going to Jerusalem to worship, so he made a calf out of gold and had them worship it. Frank laughed. I should say that your ideas of family worship were not very helpful if they remind you of calves made of gold. 
It is the absence of the worship that reminds me, she said quickly, and added, Oh, never mind that. It was a foolish comparison. But really, Frank, don't you think your reasoning about this matter will hardly bear looking into? It doesn't strike me as so very strange. My mother is an elderly lady of high culture, and extremely fastidious in her tastes, and I am in her eyes only a boy. I should fully expect to offend her nice ideas of propriety, and give her more pain than pleasure. It still seemed remarkably strange to Rebecca that a man should be afraid to pray in the presence of a Christian mother. But she said no more. Indeed, there was no time, for her husband sprang up hastily. "'I must really go,' he said. "'I have stayed past the time. Well, good-bye. I am sorry that I remind you of that old fellow if the reminder isn't pleasant, and I should hardly think it could be. We mustn't waste our mornings in arguing after this. We might have had time for a walk together.' And then he was gone, and the matter about which she had thought and prayed was farther away from accomplishment than she had supposed it was at first. She felt very restless, unable to settle to anything. It was impossible to get away from a feeling of disappointment. It is dreadful to feel disappointed in the Christian character of the man whom you call your husband. Rebecca shrank from the acknowledgment of any such feeling. Mrs. Edwards knocked, and left a message on her way to her room. "'Your friend Mr. Milton is in the parlour, Rebecca, and would like to see you. He has chosen an early hour for calls, hasn't he? As you are in your wrapper yet, shall I excuse you?' Now there was that in her tone which said what Rebecca had very well known before, that John Milton was not a favourite of the ladies. She considered his family rather common. The lady in the wrapper resented the tone. "'Oh, no,' she said, springing up. "'I am never ceremonious with John. He is too intimate a friend.' Then she went down to the great elegant parlour, whose exquisite beauty and propriety were almost too much for John. "'How do you do?' he said heartily, coming toward her and holding out both hands. "'I am so glad you have got back again. I mean, I am so glad to have got back to see you. They tell me you have been home for more than a week. No, I can't sit down. I ought not to have stopped. I am out on an errand and have hardly a moment. It is just an item of business. You were not at the teacher's meeting?' Well, they have revived the plan of meeting from house to house, and taking the houses of the teachers by streets. It so happens that your house leads off, being nearest to the church, and the question is, do you approve, and are you going to invite us to meet with you? Why, of course I—Rebecca began. Then she stopped in confusion. She was thinking of the little parlor in Green Street. She had for the moment forgotten that she had a new home, and that she was not the mistress thereof. For the moment I will not deny that she longed with all her heart for a little bit of a house belonging to her and Frank, to which she could bid her friends a hearty welcome. How surprised and vexed Frank would be if he thought she felt other than that now! And yet she tried to imagine the teachers gathering in those elegant parlors. That certainly wouldn't do. Well, then the library. But that was quite as elegant in its different way, and somehow she didn't know why, nor what was lacking, but it seemed certain that there was not a spot in that house suited to a teacher's meeting. Well, she said at last, and her laugh had an embarrassed sound, of course I shall have to consult my husband, you know. All right, said John. You can talk it over together and let us know. We want to get out slips for the season with the names of the different places of meeting printed on. Just give us an answer in time for that, you know, and it will be all right. Yet he knew, and she knew he knew, that things were very different from what they were in the little home on Green Street. She went upstairs with a sigh. How manly John was growing, and how earnestly he was taking up church work of all sorts. He said we as naturally as though he had been one of them all his life. Had he more Christian courage than her Frank? She put away that thought promptly, and gave herself heartily to the hating of Jeroboam and all his ways. How horrid it was that that odious comparison should ever have occurred to her. End of chapter 12